We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. I want to talk about loving each other, but more about the how. Um, See, loving each other isn't just a recommendation or an encouragement. It's a command. It's a command from a God who loves us. And it, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. Hmm. But with every command that comes from God, wrapped up inside it, if we choose to say, yes, Lord, is the power the ability to make that happen. It's not about trying harder, not trying to work something up inside. It's about saying, yes, Lord, I choose to obey. And then we receive that amazing supernatural ability to love. Such a strong, it's such a strong command. If you think about it, He said to a storm, be still, and it was. That's the power of that command. Now, we can be in the receiving end of that if we choose to say, yes, Lord. You see, loving is not about a feeling. Feelings can follow, but it's about a choice. We choose to love. And God gives us the ability if we choose to follow his command. You see, we have to understand the basis of what happens in this. We come to a point where we recognise that God wants us to actually give over the authority or the control or the mastery of our lives to, to him. that we no longer have the final word. That's at that point, we choose to recognise that God raised Jesus from the dead and gave him a position, a role, that was, the Bible talks about, Lord over all. Now, if he's Lord over all, the rightful place is for him to be Lord over me, Lord over you. So we make a choice. Lord, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Hang on a minute. We can't kind of con ourselves into believing that. So this is what happens. We say, Lord, I choose to submit my life to you. I choose to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Then the miracle happens. The miracle of us being changed from the inside. The Bible talks about being born again. It's like a whole new life enters into us. The Spirit of God. That empowers us and enables us to go God's way. We make the choice, he gives the ability. We talked about forgiveness. 
We choose to forgive. Excuse me. But God then gives us the ability to forgive. You, you can't work yourself up into that. Some things are beyond the ability. Some things go deeper than that. But we choose to be obedient to God. We choose to forgive and he gives us the ability to do it. God never asks us to do anything that he doesn't enable us to do it. This miraculous thing that we can do and we can choose to love and then we love by the power of the Holy Spirit. A miracle change takes place. Actually, if you think of it like this, our loving one another is, is the greatest marketing campaign for the gospel. Behold, all men will know that you're my disciples when you preach well or sing well. No, when you love one another. God has determined that. God has said that's the system. It's his world. He can decide. All men will know that you're my disciples when you love one another. Many, many years ago, the emperor of Rome sent someone to investigate what is happening uh, with these pagans and the Christians. And so he carried out this investigation. He reported back and he said, well, I don't know about it. It's like strange. But I tell you one thing. Behold how they love one another. Above anything else, above anything he could see or report was the fact that something impacted him with loving one another. God has been speaking to us about this. Of course, there's different ways to show in love. Yeah, it doesn't always kind of communicate. Some years ago, one of my sons, who of course will remain nameless, it came to Christmas time and he had this girlfriend with him over Christmas. Now, how can I say this? My wife's name is Dawn. Her second name is she who must be obeyed. Her third name is Mother Christmas. So Christmas follows strict traditions. And you would think that as our children grew up, they would adjust and change that. Though they're all rigidly committed to the traditions. Well, this girlfriend was there. Now, one of the traditions is that, um, it, it, I mean, it's utterly tedious, but you have to enjoy it, you know. Somebody gets a present from around the tree and they call the name and then you all sit and watch while they... I mean, it goes on forever. We just... <laughs> 
We've just about finished it now. We're getting ready for next Christmas. Anyway, this girlfriend, she couldn't wait any longer. So she gets up and goes to where the presents are, could see hers there and takes it. Oh, just like you just said. <laughs> there, I mean, a stunned silence would be, well, it was more than that. It was like, dear. Then she opened it. <laughs> now, he had bought her something. He carefully thought about it, worked out, what would really be good and useful. I think if I remember it was various electrical leads or something like that. <laughs> but it really wasn't what she was, it didn't convey what she thought should have been conveyed. <laughs> you see, different people have different ways of, of expressing love and communicating love. I think that's important to bear in mind. The only comment that was made by my son was, don't worry, she won't be here next year. <laughs> so how? What does love look like? One might say something is loving, another one, as in this case, found it annoying. Now the Bible actually sets out a number of things which we should do for each other as an expression of love. <laughs> Don't worry, there's only 21 there. But there's another 22 that I've got on a separate list. Um, my plan was to work through each of these uh, and then my advisors said, at what point do you feel the majority of people will be asleep? <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing, though. Loving can't be, hey, bro, nice to see you, or how are you, or um, just a kind of, passing greeting. It, it, that may be culturally okay, but it's not biblically okay. The biblical way, we cover some of these. Um, I'd like to cover each one today. Can we extend for about three hours today? Things that we should do for each other as an expression of love. And we'll look at one or two, maybe two or three. It doesn't cover everything. We set a, a minimal baseline when we're trying to work out what it looks like to love one another. Remember, we're not talking just about a natural, uh, cultural thing. We're talking about loving with the love of God. On the other list, um, which we'll get to, 
We might have to have an additional meeting later on. There's another 22 on the other list. It makes a 40, 43 in total. 43 ways to express God's love. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, no. Oh. But what did we say? We make the choice. He gives us the power. And in these days, God has been speaking to us very clearly about loving him, loving one another, and living as though we do. And it's time that we actually look and see, so what is it that he wants? What is the expressions of love? What are the things that he is the outworking of the commandment to love one another as I have loved you? And we'll pick up some of those today. Let's take this one. Um, Holy Spirit gives us strength to, to bear as an expression of love. Yeah, you like that one. Let's just take that word. Bear with one another. There's actually uh, at least two translations of that, of that word. Interchangeable, I think. Have patience with, suffer, persist. Bear with each other, Colossians 3, Ephesians, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another. If you like, love is when that person that God is calling you to express his love towards is not lovable, but frankly unbearable. Now, I don't suppose you've ever met anybody like that. Have you? Yeah, come on. Yeah, little smiles of recognition. We're being honest here, aren't we? Yes, John. Yes, John. Did you mean it? When you said yes, John, did you mean it? We're having fun. Okay, bear with, have patience, suffer, persist, with all humility and gentleness, even when the one that you're supposed to love is unbearable. Another translation, to take up and carry. Bear, with, bear one another's burdens. When he or she is in trouble, come alongside and take up to kind of carry the concern with them. Kind of a weight-bearing bridge. So what, what does that look like? Just, oh, by the way, I'm going to give you a moment in a minute to reflect honestly about this. Mm-hmm. All right. Person you invest in, you seek to reach out, you seek to serve, you seek to show love. 
They've made bad choices. And perhaps they would even be negative in interpreting your well-meaning actions. In other words, they really turn in against you. Everything in you wants to say, oh, get on with it then, and walk away. Nobody ever felt like that? Yeah? Nobody has ever felt like that? Well, not since this morning. <laughs> get on with it then. Reaction, response. Bearing with means actively depending on God to protect our hearts so that we can continue to fulfill that command to love one another. Sometimes you even have to step back and respect their choice, but you don't, you don't hold back on your heart. You can't do anything. You can't say anything. But by the grace of God, your heart is the same. You, it's because it's God at work in us. And we choose to submit to God. That even though it becomes, as it were, unbearable, or there's a, a, a strong reaction or rejection, it's still possible by the grace of God to be obedient to God, which says we must love. It's a powerful thing. It's a great thing to walk in. We talk about being close enough to know, love enough to care, and close enough to know, and willing to pay the price. This is how it sort of spells out. Close enough to know what a friend is facing, and eager to find a way to share the weight with them, the weight that they are carrying. Say this, for example, your parents, you're concerned about your child, your friend, we're not, not giving flippant comments, but we'll listen to you. They'll actually be asking God, what can I do or say? Help me to feel what they're feeling. Galatians 6, 2 says about bearing each other's burdens. But then in verse 5 it says, each must carry their own burden. Did you get that? Shall I say it again? It's about helping others, but they all have to carry their own burden. You can't, what it means is you can't take the burden away, whatever that burden may be. Whatever that pain, whatever that problem, whatever that disappointment, you can't actually take it away. It's about coming alongside. You know, there's a great danger that we feel if we can just fix it, give them an answer, we've, we, it's done. That's not, God doesn't call us to fix it. He calls us to share and bear with them in love. Now, God may give a way and may give a solution, but we're not the fix-it people. You can't take the burden away. But help them to bear it. 
In fact, that can be a more painful process. What, what attitude, what mindset do I need to bear with someone? Confidence that God has that friend in the palm of his hand. He might even be using that burden to create something beautiful in them. Commitment to listen to God. Not write off any role you could take as inadequate or rush in with an answer. But listening to God leads to a sensitive response. So here's my question. This is not one necessary to talk about, but I'd like you to take a moment to ask yourself this question. Am I bearing with those I've covenanted to, those that I'm committed to, to my friends? Am I bearing with them? Take a moment, take a minute to think. If it's easier to think with your eyes closed, then do that. If it's easier to think with the inspiration that you get by looking at me, then do that. Am I bearing? Oh, tell you a little help here. Very difficult. We're not really best equipped to actually sort out what we're really doing. That's why if we say, Lord, is there something that you would show me here? Is there something that you would say to me? Just to help me understand. Am I? Or is there adjustment? It's God, by his spirit, who searches us. He's able to reveal. Take a minute, close your eyes if it's helpful. Here's some kind of test questions. If you're kind of thinking, am I, am I not? Do I know what my friend is facing? Does it bother me as if it was I that was facing it? Am I proactively seeking God for a way to bear this with them? Am I as bothered for their burden when it isn't at crisis point? Have I been able to remain patient and faithful in the face of unbearable reaction, aggression, withdrawal, denial? We want to take this seriously because God is taking it seriously. I've said to you a number of times, never ever in the history of this community, in the 40 years or so, have we been 
arrested on a particular subject by the Spirit of God and not allowed to move on. And for two or three months over that uh, end of last year, beginning of this year, I think if God does something like that, he's serious about it and wants to equip us to move to the next stage and the next level. Let's move on. Don't take advantage. Don't take advantage of each other, but fear your God. I, I'm guilty of this. I, I feel the need to make a confession. I've never, I mean, I'm a wonderful father, I, even if I say it myself, but playing board games with the kids. No, no, no. Except for I would play Monopoly. Then we had another problem because my wife felt I should let them win. No way. There's money involved in here. I can screw them into the ground and take advantage of them. I heard one of them say the other day, you know what we used to fear if Dad got on Park Lane or Mayfair? <laughs> I only overheard that bit. I dismissed it as being irrelevant, you know. Taking advantage, gaining benefit at the expense of somebody else. Yes, not a, not a good place to be. Let's think about that a little bit more. I mean, this particular verse um, that we looked at talks about um, trading. You might think we never, I'll never do this, but let's explore it a little. What if you had responsibility for a particular task and you need help? That's not an uncommon thing. Would you call it advantage if you asked the person who you know can't say no? Would that be taking advantage? Hmm. Would you call it taking advantage if you're only interested in how the person functions in the role rather than, than their whole being? See, we can take advantage in different ways. What would you call it if the desire, the drive to meet their need was for your own fulfilment. And that's more important than seeing them become who God has called them to be. Getting the job done for your purpose rather than what is God doing in this. What would you call it when you see an act of serving to make you more worthy, to lift you up, than it's about giving yourself to God? and then to the person you're serving. Have you ever been tempted to put someone else down to lift yourself up? See, brothers and sisters, this is serious stuff, but it's wonderful stuff. It's God's equipping and giving insight into our being so that we can actually fulfil his word and live in all that he prepares for us in that. 
See, in all those occasions I mentioned, we're using others for my own benefit. Even though it might look good on the outside, we're taking advantage. It's negative. What's positive that we might actually look to give advantage rather than take advantage? We'll have a little dramatic interlude. How are you all doing? You're all looking a bit serious. Give me a little smile. Okay, I won't look that way. Try that way. Oh, nay. Thank you very much. Hiya. Yeah. Uh, no, they're coming over. Yeah. They'll be here in about, I don't know, 10 minutes. I'm looking forward to meeting them. Yeah. All right. I'll see you in a bit. Ah. Ding dong. Hello. Come in. Oh, Hi. Good to see you. Thank you very much. You're... <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Jack. That's me. Hi, Sophie. Sophie. Good. Come on in. Dinner smells amazing. Oh, no, that's my, that's my lunch tomorrow. Yeah, there's no food. But there is drink. Yay! Come on in. What, would you like a drink? Um, yeah, I'd love a drink. Kitchen you want... there. Get me a beer. Thanks. Okay. Water? Okay. Water. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. Take a seat. Thank you. How, yeah. how long have you been uh, married? Oh, uh, not not too long since great, July. Great, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard uh, heard the wedding went well. Yeah. Um, listen, do you like board games? Yes, we love board games. Um, ooh, uh, Monopoly. We love. Uh, let's see, Scrabble. Scrabble's a good one. Good. How about the Prisoner of Throth? Got drinks? Um, Great, thanks. Ooh, playing a game? Yeah. Uh, the Prisoner of Throth. Sit down, sit down. Let me explain. You, I'm surprised you haven't heard of it, but you would absolutely love this game. It's not so much a game, more like an ethnographic challenge. Okay, so you start off with the board. The whole objective of the game is to free the prisoner Gondoth, son of Morgag, son of Thwelth, son of Thrith, son of Gondoth, from his prison. But the key is you have to overcome Punak the Destroyer and his lieutenant. And they live in a housing estate just next to Saffron Walden. Okay. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, it sure. starts with various cards that you have, to, you have to take hold of these cards, but you can only have these cards, the even number, the odd number. Each one represents a life, okay? Now, the thing is, this game has been known to go on for several years. <laughs> uh, there is a case in New Zealand where there's a whole family of several generations going back, and they, they've managed to win it. Um, now, they passed the game through, I don't know, various types of uh, will and testament, because several players died during the course of the game. Right? It's 
So yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, oh, I, li I like this one. What are you doing? Stop! <laughs> that's that's Pudak. You can't touch him. He of course belongs in the extension level, the multiplayer extension pack, which comes when you master level one, level two, level seven, level fifteen, and level twenty-three. So you start with the green dice, okay. and then you move to the red dice, but you can only move to the wobbly-headed red dice when the green dice has expired. That comes with the uh, expl explosion of number three and number four. So... Oh, yes! Yes! Come on, you go, you go. Come on, Sammy, come on! Jack, take some dice. Oh, come on, what were you thinking? No, you can't use... Look, you can't use these dice. They're null and void. You have to use the red one. One red one each. For goodness sake, what are you thinking? I mean, you gave it to us. Pay attention! Go on. Ah, oh, that's pathetic. Ha. I'm doing really well. Yeah, that's okay. So I get that. I get that. The thing about this game is, you need a banker, so I'll be the banker. Sure. You need a rule keeper, naturally, I'll be that. You also need a supreme being. Ooh. That is yeah. me. I will be the supreme being. Maybe, maybe one day, Sophie. Maybe one day you can be. But for now, given that I'm in charge, I think it's only fair that I win that round. <laughs> yes! Yes! Hey! Come on! I think we, uh, we should probably head. We need to get okay. dinner. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll set up level two. Um, level two is so so great. Sure. Um, so level two. Thanks. 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 Come on! Come on! Yeah, they had a great time. I think that was fairly clear about taking advantage. They came to spend time with him, but they were just being used for his uh, egotistic purpose. Not the best. Not the best. Well, rushing on. You know, it's a story that uh, whenever the Sisters of Charity in Calcutta would receive a, a shipment of used shoes for the poor, Mother Teresa would dig through the box and take the very worst pair for herself so that nobody else will be burdened by wearing them. Yeah, that's a practical thing. But it demonstrates, again, a heart thing. Encouraging someone to voice an opinion, even when this is contrary to your own opinion, yep, that would be not taking advantage. I might disapprove of what you disapprove of what you say, but I will certainly defend your right to say it. Working hard to ensure 
that you've heard what someone is trying to say and not somehow caricaturing and just trying to decide you've already heard. Extending a hand of friendship to someone who has wronged you. And in an ideal world, should be coming to you and asking for forgiveness. What, what attitude? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just come to the end of this there. What attitude and mindset do I need to actually give advantage? Open book, my motives are up in front. Confidence in the love and ability of God who took on himself the ultimate disadvantage so that we would have every advantage in life. Not needing to snatch, hoard, manipulate, we can be open-handed. Actually, functioning from a place of security so that we are free to give and release. Not to seek to manipulate to get someone to act in a certain way. Want their buy-in because God wants a cheerful giver, not pressurised or freely, but freely giving. Am I giving advantage to those I've covenanted to, to my friends? Yeah, let's have this little video. <laughs> thought that the ball had gone out of play and so picked it up and then was penalised as handballing in the penalty area and so when the side came up to take the penalty by agreement he just kicked it out of out of play he did not take the advantage that's a fairly extreme situation but it does really make the point right let's try one more. Um, serving. Ah, the one I particularly think is key and important. Galatians 5, for you were called to freedom, brothers. No, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. Because of what God has placed in us. The expression of that is so directly biblical and so empowered and so powerful. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. The word there, serve, is actually a Greek word, dulia. Basically, I'm a slave, I'm subject to obey, I'm, I'm devoted. 
Enslaving yourself is not something that you do at your convenience. Not a, a kind of preference. It actually does mean paying a price, going out of your way, going the extra mile. Philippines 2, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. Jesus took the role of the doulos. And of course there's that wonderful, amazing, breathtaking story in John 13 where he washed the disciples' feet. Took upon himself the role of the lowest servant. Performed something that none of the others were willing to do. And then said, you see what I, your Lord and Master, have done, you do likewise. That would be a very, very hard task if he had again, again empowered us. If we choose, he enables us to do it. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind as Jesus. I don't know if we've got time. How are we for time? Mm. All right, let's, let's risk it for a little bit because you're all sitting. You're very good, you know. I might come here again. <laughs> little groups, kind of where you are, um, examples of serving. You know, maybe three or four of you just get together. You're allowed to move. Go. Okay, that was good. <clears throat> I think you're enjoying this more than listening to me. Right, somebody shout out if you heard a good example of serving. Just shout out, yes.
It's a great, great example of serving, and it's not particularly noticed. Right, somebody else? Thank you, Andrew. Okay, someone's sick, make a meal. Yeah, it's great. Shopping, yes, yes. Yeah, that's serving, yeah, yeah. This is great over this side. Sorry about that. You got over there, you know. Do you belong here or not? Did you? Helping people, yes. In whatever way it comes up. Okay. Well, it does interrupt life in the same way as if you have a child, have you, those of you that are parents, noticed how it interrupts life? I mean, my children are grown up. That still interrupts life. By the way, those of you that are saying, oh, I'll be glad when they're grown up, don't wish your life away. It never changes. <laughs> Being there, being present in the situation which can be particularly hard. You can't fix the pain, but you're there. Sticking closer than a brother. What attitude, what mindset do you need to serve? Jesus knew where he'd come from and where he was going. The Father had put all things, he knew the Father had put all things under his power, that he came from God and was returning to God. Let me ask you a question. Where have you come from? If you're born again in the Spirit of God, where have you come from? God. Where are you going? So you have the same basis of personal security that Jesus had. Status is not in what you do, but who you're doing it for. Willingness to be close enough to know, willing to pay the price, to care. Lord, at this time we we're very conscious of the insistent and consistent way that you've been speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of expressing loving one another in all the different ways. Thank you, Lord, for the serving that goes on in this community. But, Lord, we are committed to your word. Blessed are those whose hearts set on pilgrimage. We can never stop where we are. We're moving on. We're moving on in your purpose. And therefore, Lord, as you've spoken to us in these times, we want to take seriously what it really means to love one another. Deliver us from a cultural contact, cultural response. Lord, that we may indeed be those out of love, your love, 
in us, enabling us to demonstrate you. And Lord, as we learn and pick up in these ways what you have determined, what you have set out in your word as to how we should love one another, we ask, Lord, that you deliver us from the cultural and the supernatural and, and, the, and the, 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 the things on the surface and, and, and bring us into that place of your supernatural power that enables us to actually love with the love of God. Thank you, Lord, for such an amazing equipping. Thank you, Lord, that we're not just sat, sitting here waiting for some rapture, but we are the members of your body empowered to demonstrate your love in real and actual ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities, and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk, or Twitter at lifelineuk. Thank you.